Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Everything you could want in a show. Perfect dialogue, unbelievable rhythm, amazing flow. The way we mesh is perfect. Uh, it's, it's really, honestly, uh, the best of the best. I mean, the, the show keeps evolving. It keeps growing. We keep getting, keeps getting better and better. We have so much to uh, look forward to, uh, you know, uh, the announcements coming up of things I've been working on that I can't wait to share with all of you. Um, and, guys, here we are, episode 243. You know, it's amazing how time passes us by so quickly. Doing this over two years now, and I'm loving every second of it. I really am. Uh, a lot going on in the media this week, a lot to get to, a lot to address tonight, a lot to cover. Um, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, last night was, uh, I'll tell you, I, you know, I, everybody knows that, or for people that don't, you know, I announced it on my show on Tuesday before we uh, ended the show. Um, but I went to the Trump rally uh, 24 hours before uh, in Phoenix, and I waited in line, uh, you know, and it was so worth it. I got front row. I, it was the best experience anybody could ever ask for. I mean, I've, I've been to every single rally in Arizona, but uh, this was uh, the closest I've ever been. I was front row. I was on the stage. Um, usually I'm, you know, a little, a little ways back, but I was right there. I could touch the president. I was so close. You know, he comes out, you know, he, he makes eye contact with us and just has the greatest energy in the world. The perfect, just the perfect, you know, demeanor. I mean, the way he resonates with all of us and, and how he connects so well with the American worker and how he gives so much attention, you know, to the people. I mean, you can tell he really cares. Uh, you know, it's, it, this guy's a machine. This guy's something we've never seen. He's like a robot. You know, he did four speeches yesterday. He was in L.A., he was in Nevada, and then he came here to Arizona. He's, in, he's doing another rally in Colorado tonight. This guy never quits. This guy sleeps about four hours a night. The greatest president we've ever seen. He's fulfilled and delivered on 80% of his promises within three years. 80%. You can't even, you can't even write something that good. You know, and I'll say it again. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill, fulfill 10%. This guy has fulfilled 80% within three years. Unreal. It is unreal. But, guys, like the energy and just the crowd, there were literally 14,000 people inside. They totally it, – it was totally capped out, maxed out. And then there were over 20,000 people outside. So think about that. There were more people outside that couldn't get in that were actually inside the venue. And, I mean, getting out of there when you're leaving, it's like a damn Super Bowl. It's like a rock concert. I've never seen so many cars in one place ever in my life. You know what I can tell you for damn sure? No other leader has even gotten a fraction of these sizes ever. Maybe a long, long time ago, but not, not as far as we can ever remember. I mean, this guy, you know, and I don't know how, you know, he's out of the Bible. This guy is specially made by God. You know, he has saved not only this country, but he saved the entire world. This guy has brought in so many people together. And you know what? I'm going to say it again. The reason he's been so successful in business and in life in general is because he knows how to, he knows how to interact. He knows how to get people in a room. He knows how to get, you know, things done. And, uh, you know, you, you couldn't ask for anything better. 
quite frankly, in my strong opinion, with how ungrateful people are in this country, certain people, we don't deserve this guy. This guy left his billionaire lifestyle, had everything made, had everything going for him. And, you know, he, but instead of, you know, continuing that uh, everybody wants, I mean, come on, he's got, he had the greatest life on earth, but instead of, you know, he wanted to save this country. He wanted to utilize his talent, put forth his knowledge and his expertise. And he knew he could do it. I mean, and, and look, look at how he did it. He did 16 establishment politicians that had been in there for the longest time. No person has ever accomplished anything in this realm. I mean, this guy went in there as an outsider, as a businessman, opened the door for all these candidates that have the, the pro, you know, now they have the non-establishment agenda, you know, the pro, pro-America, you know, working for us. And you, you got to love this trend. I mean, this guy opened, think about what he did, you know, opening these doors, opening all these opportunities for, you know, getting rid of these politicians because the people have woken up. You know, I think the days of the politician are very limited. And we're seeing more and more people that have amazing business backgrounds or amazing military backgrounds that are inclined, that are encouraged to run. And I think it's so wonderful. And I, and I really see uh, the political atmosphere changing for the better. Uh, we see how many people have walked away from the Democratic Party. Uh, yesterday, I, I, I want to see the exact numbers. I'm pretty sure there were about 30% Democrats at the Trump rally last night. From the numbers I read, uh, you had a large percentage that didn't even vote in 2016 that were at the Trump rally last night. So those kind of people are, you know, obviously woke up and came around. You know, obviously they weren't fans of Trump when he got elected, but he's proven so many people wrong. I mean, there, there's so many people I talked to that, you, that told me, I, I can never stand this guy. This guy's the biggest piece of shit on earth. People say this stuff to me, and then I talk to them a year later, these people, and they're like, wow, man. This guy actually did some he's, – he's really surprising me. I'm, I'm impressed with this guy. And I'm talking to – you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's cool. It, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And, um, you know, I, I will say this. I love how we can all come together. You know, what this event allows us all to do is it allows us amazing patriots. And, and it's a very – it's like a team thing. You know, we're, we're, all, we're all there. We're all loving each other. We're all, we're all friends. We're all on the same team. You know, and you can't, you can't really – these events, I, I mean, I jump up and down for these. You know, I, I am a guy that is so dedicated, so motivated, so passionate uh, by this president and what he's created. And, uh, you know, I, I'll do anything. I'll, I, will, I will go anywhere. And I, I go – you know, to different events around the country. You know, I, I, as everybody knows, I went to his 4th of July event um, at the, at, at the, in DC. And it was on, I mean, people probably saw videos of that. I mean, airplanes flying everywhere. He had fireworks going. This guy put out an entire show with the military. He's going to be doing it again, by the way, everybody in uh, July 4th this year, he's going to do it every year. So I'm going to be going back definitely this year to DC and going to watch that. And damn the way, the way the, the whole place, these places, I, I just can't even believe, you know, I mean, I can believe it, what he's created and, and how he's marketed himself. I mean, this guy, you know, you can't, you can't make up this sort of genius situation. I mean, I, it's, it's mind blowing. It really is. Um, but yeah, guys, what, what a, what a week. Um, definitely a lot to get to tonight. We have a lot of big guests coming on. I'm very excited. 
We are going to be having uh, U.S. congressional candidate from California, Joanne Wright. We'll also be having founder of 917 Society, Joni Bryan. Also founder of Nation Savers 2020, Gary Binford. Radio talk show host, Chad Canton. Uh, And I believe we have with us right now, we have writer and activist Sam, Sam Tully. Sam, what's up, buddy? Hey, Roy. Great time last night. Fantastic. I I got to the party about two thirty, no, about three thirty after driving six hours and two hours of sleep. And uh, after this show, I'm gonna get some real sleep. But I tell you that the energy out in uh, Phoenix last night was beyond compare. It, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was it was quite something. It, it was quite something. And uh, you know, I I just I, I love everything about it. You know, everybody is out there. You know, this environment is as great as it's like a, it's better than any sporting event or, or better than any concert I've ever been to. I mean, you know, these create a whole new level of just adventure and, and so much fun. And, and just it's so patriotic, you know, it's so good for the country. Well, the greatest takeaway I got from last night was the complete and, and it, I mean, I already knew this, but to be there in person to see every ethnic group, every demographic, every type of person in this country there celebrating, loving on each other, being together, this narrative about he is the president of right-wing extremists, racist, and whatnot is a bunch of hogwash. Total America was in Phoenix last night, everybody. And everybody loved everybody, and everybody loved the president. Yeah. Oh, they did. They did. And, uh, you know, uh, you know what I really admire are the people that didn't get in. They still stay on the outside and look at the the big TV board, uh, you know, live. That's cool how they set that out, set that up out there for people that, you know, don't make it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was it was an entirely different crowd outside, which which we didn't see because we were on some of the first inside. But when you come up, there was a whole gang of people. I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was utterly amazing. It really was, my friend. Well, really good to have you here tonight. We've got a lot to get into. Uh, glad you could join us. Okay, good. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's do it. All righty. Um, everybody, as usual, um, well, actually, I want to w- welcome right now, I believe we have doctor with us, Steve Latulip. What's up, buddy? How are you? Welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. Hey, I'm fine. Thank you, Roy. You got my name right this time. This is great. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm getting, so I'm anyway, getting, I'm getting uh, used to it. I, I have it right now. I, I'm glad. Oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. So yeah, I had a really um, fascinating day today because of the Democratic debate last night. I was highly entertained by several of my patients. Uh, in my clinic, I have nothing but patriotism and uh, biblical words all over my clinic. I'm independent, so I can get away with doing that. Uh, I was so thrilled because I had a veteran who was a very staunch Democrat came in, and I had uh, a few other patients came in and they said, "Well, Doc, I saw, I saw the Dagon debate last night." And he says, "I just, I got to tell you, every single one of those people up there on that stage scared the living hell out of me." And I said, "Really?" I said, "So what are you going to do about it?" He says, "Well, you know, um, they all said, well, I have no choice. I've got to vote for Trump." And then they go and say, well, you know, I, I just don't like the way uh, Donald Trump talks. He's too arrogant. He's too alpha, you know. And I think, well, would you rather have a, a booty than Buttigieg? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
Um, so anyway, um, I'm really excited that they're finally coming across uh, to the light and seeing that, you know, Trump is doing something. I, I like what you said about President Trump. But here we got the, um, a mega millionaire, billionaire. You're cutting out a uh, who, <laughs> What's that? You're, you were cutting out just a little bit. Okay, sorry, try that again. Uh, so President Much Trump, better. you know, is a billionaire. Okay, so he's a billionaire, and he uh, decides to give it all up, decides to run for president, and everybody thinks it's a joke. Um, but absolutely it was not. He had a good message. He's not a politician. Uh, and everybody praises Donald Trump for his success and for everything that he does absolutely right. And, you know, like you said, oh, this guy is uh, like from biblical proportions. Well, actually, President Trump is a man – Uh, with a lot of flaws, a lot of humanity, and a lot of dirt like every single one of us has. What I see with President Trump's success is that he is actually an answer to prayer by many, many Christians who have watched our country going down the drain for years. Uh, And so now here we've got President Trump, who I believe is really an infant uh, in the faith spiritually, but he is absolutely a man after God's own heart. And we see the, those very words spoken in Scripture about King David, who actually lusted after yeah, a woman who was basically him. naked. That's, that's exactly who he reminds me of, King David or King Cyrus. Yes, yes, exactly right. And you know what? He fits right into any other biblical person that God historically has used. God doesn't use all the greats, uh, and, and many people would say Donald Trump was not a great. He was not a great politician. He was a man who was very successful in business. But the very interesting thing is that here we have a billionaire who has absolutely everything, and I think he came to the decision that one day, you know what, having it all uh, is not having it all. There's still something missing. So I think he is very much on a spiritual journey. This man is bold like I've never seen any other president before. He's pro-life. He's pro-family. He's pro-justice. He is for the American people. Um, there are still uh, there are still silences. There are uh, things that we uh, pronounce loudly and proclaim with all uh, fortitude and with self confidence. I mean, every one of us, and I'm including Christians and non Christians, all patriots, we're for our country, but we still have a few fears, and the fears uh, tend to be in the things that actually we have unknowingly been brainwashing for years and years. And uh, there's a lot of that going on, like since Al Gore, I keep hearing climate change, climate change, it was first global warming, global cooling. So climate change, um, I think, you know, that is absolutely a bunch of nonsense. And, you know, um, in my years before I I was flying in the Air Force, I actually was in a doctorate program in microbiology at uh, UMass at Amherst. And we had some postdocs there that were doing research, and um, I, at that time I was studying the Bible intensely from a scientific perspective. And, of course, the Bible is not a science textbook, but there are some profound things in there that explain everything, including right. uh, the geological record and things like that. And as far as the climate change nonsense, uh, everybody hey, knows Steve, in their right mind that it, Steve, yep. I, I got yes. to get to the opening segment, but um, – what, what are you, where are you going with this climate change thing? What are you trying to say? Well, I, I would just reference uh, uh, one passage of Scripture that shuts it right down. Uh, Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, 
Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day in and night shall not cease. End of story, and um, I am very convinced of that. And when you test the things that we can in Scripture, then you tend to take uh, for uh, face value those things that cannot be tested, but I believe that very strongly. So I'll I'll conclude with that. Very well said. Very well said. Glad you could join us. A lot to get into tonight. Um, And I'm going to get to everybody on the panel right after I get into opening segments so you guys can give your opinions. Um, And as as usual, I'm going to get to the small stuff first, and then I'm going to get to the big stuff. Um, Well, I do actually, I do want to welcome real quick. I believe he's with, um, and he was with me at the Trump rally last night. We have Daniel Anna with us doing a lot of political activism stuff. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Rory? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. What's up? Welcome to the show. Glad you could join us tonight. Got a lot to get into. We're about to get into opening segments, but man, I'm glad you glad you could be here and fun times at the Trump rally, man. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It was freaking awesome, man. We had a great time. I mean, camping out, 24 hours prior. I mean, it was definitely it was a spectacle. You know, moving forward, man. I was talking to my buddy uh, Josh Barnett, that's running for Congress. I said, you know what? As big as the turnout it was at the event. What we ought to do, man, we've got to put together a little camping trip. I mean, literally a camping yeah. trip for all those people. Because last night, although we, they're diehard people, it was kind of dangerous. You know what I mean? There are people like they're camping right off 19th Avenue right there, you know. And it was like, you know, it's kind of like, man, this is kind of scary. But, you know, going forward, I think doing our part as like activists out there and just members of the community that are supporters of President Trump, we can make it safer. We can make it a lot more fun. We can make it better. Because I even hit up the president, too, and messaged him. I said, hey, what's up at the Cardinal Stadium? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, in his, in his book, he talks about, you know, you got to think anyway. So think bigger, you know. Obviously, last night, exactly. I think the numbers came out. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, no, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. No, and no, he needs to be in a place like Cardinal Stadium. I mean, last night they could only hold 14,000 people, and there were 20,000 yeah. people outside. You need to go into bigger places like football stadiums and all these – I mean, keep expanding. And, you know, I hate how people get left out outside. And, by the way, I can't yes. stand that, – that's the worst place to have an event. And I've been to every single Trump rally in Arizona. The Veterans Memorial Coliseum is by far the most – uh, unorganized, unprofessional place to have an event. It's so. It's just not. I, I wish you would have done it somewhere else. There would have been more seating. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think the numbers came out. It was like sixty-seven thousand people, I believe, according to Mr. Parscale, his campaign manager. You know, the numbers came out yeah. sixty-seven thousand uh, people uh, that registered for the actual event, and with yep. fourteen thousand filled up and twenty thousand outside, that's a fifty percent turnout, Rory. That's freaking awesome. You know what I mean? And, it's and, you crazy. See, and I think eight those, Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm mucking out there. I'll shove up that horn. Um, no, no, you're crazy. No, but I'm, glad, right I'm glad you could join. I'm glad you could join us. I'm gonna get to opening segments, and then we'll get to you for opinions on all these different things I discussed, just like I get to everybody on the panel. Awesome. Thanks, Rory. Thanks for letting me have you on your show. All right, but, all right absolutely. Stay with us. All right, everybody. Uh, let's, I am going to start with, you know, you know, the rallies. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I already talked about this a little bit in my opening. But actually, first of all, before I get into anything, as usual, I want to thank all my guests, all my co-hosts, all my sponsors and audience. You guys make the show 
you know, you, you contribute so much, you guys. And I know I thank everybody a lot, but I never want to take this for granted. You guys are such a huge asset. You guys are such a big part. And, uh, you know, over two years later, and you guys are still with me. So uh, bless you. Bless you guys. And uh, the weekend is approaching. Uh, it's always a huge relief. You know, I, 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 you know, especially after long weeks, you always, you always like that, uh, that, that good, uh, that good feeling for sure. Um, so everybody, I, I want to, I want to get into this real quick and I had to, by the way, I had to like waste 30 seconds real quick just to, uh, just so everything is timed perfectly with the, with the broadcast. Okay. So here we go. Starting out these rallies, and I'm not, I already talked about it in my opening for the most part, but I want to kind of just touch light on the, the work ethic of this president and, you know, the, the impact. You know, we see how he campaigns. We see how he will rally in all these different cities multiple times a day. We saw him do it in 2016. I, I, just, I just can't see any Democrat with how good the economy is, with how good everything is, with everything Trump's done, I don't see how, you know, I think it's going to be a landslide. I think it's going to be way more votes than 2016. And after watching, you know, obviously I was at the Trump rally last night, but I watched recaps of the DNC, the uh, Democrat debates, and, uh, God, these guys are clowns. You know, Bloomberg trying to buy his way in, uh, Mayor Pete, who's, you know, the, more corrupt than hell. Uh, you got Joe Biden, who can't even count. You got Pocahontas, who's I think she's done. Um, Joe, you know who who else is on there? Bernie, the socialist, who has no really. I, I know he has a loyal fan base, but I don't think it's enough. Not enough people in America want communism, and they want don't want socialism. I, I don't I don't think that number is high enough at this point. I, I think there's a good amount of it's, it's certainly young people, um, but you know we all see how young people don't really make up much of the vote. I mean of the voter block compared compared to others. I mean they they don't you know uh, a lot of young people are oblivious to what's going on in a lot of ways. But, you know, the young people that are, you know, in, you know, paying attention and going to these universities support people like Bernie. So, you know, overall, and Bloomberg, he's so boring. Like, think about this guy's personality. He's, he's, he really does it, and he's extremely racist. He's extremely ignorant. Uh, he's, he, all he cares about, and he gives lectures on things that, you know, he doesn't abide by, you know, he tells everybody about global warming being the biggest threat. We all know climate change is bullshit. We all know the earth has been naturally changing for millions of years. Uh, this is all part of the new world order. Because if it was really real, you wouldn't have people like Bloomberg that owns, you know, what does he own? Like nine cars, multiple jets, multiple houses that use a hundred times more electricity than any other regular citizen. Then you got assholes and scumbags like Al Gore who, you know, they're, they have all these private jets. They use, you know, 100 times more electricity. They, they go in their gas guzzlers. It, it's all part of – it's a moneymaker. It's a moneymaker. And, 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 you know, Michael Bloomberg knows his bullshit. He knows that, you know, even though all these Democrat voters, especially the ones on the far left, number one concern out of anything, you know, number one, climate change. And what do these people think they're going to do? Are they going to throw things magically in the air? Is it going to change? Because I'll tell you this, you know. If you ask any scientist who's not associated with a paid government board, uh, they'll tell you the facts that uh, it's horseshit. You know, the only people that are telling these little soy boy pussy liberals, you know, these, these – and I see these guys. I grew up with a lot of these 
pussy liberals. I mean, these guys are soy boys. These guys are the biggest wimps on earth. You want to take them by the fucking excuse, excuse my French. You want to take them by the neck. I mean, this is how, and, and they think they know everything. You know that they're pompous. You know they they go to these universities. They 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 learn from these socialist professors that haven't showered in about two weeks. And you know they want to tell everybody free, free, free. And I keep telling these socialist professors, listen. You, you SOB, if you actually believe what you're telling these kids, why don't you work for free, dog? I've told multiple socialist professors this. Why don't you work for free, dog? And guess what their answer is? They don't, they don't have one. They're stalled. You, you stall them when you, when you ask them a question like that. You know, it, it's, you know, you see these guys, global warming, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, they, they go to these global warming events, these dumb kids, you know, especially these idiotic liberals in Seattle. You know, I, I grew up with a lot of well, I'm not going to say a lot. I grew up with, you know, I, I would I would probably say the kids I grew up with in terms of liberal conservatives, probably about 70-30, liberal, 30% conservative. So a lot of cool conservative kids I grew up with, uh, Republicans. But goddamn, uh, the, the, the 70% of those liberals, man, they, they don't – they are – and they get bossed around by their girlfriends. I mean, they're, they're, they're those kind of, you know, little suckers. Like, you know, they'll go bitch about capitalism, but then they'll go drink Starbucks and play on their iPhone, companies that were founded on capitalism. You know, they'll, they'll go and, you know, try to play the whole PC culture bullshit and try to, you know, they, they try to create these boxes, you know. And, and, and if you don't agree with them, if you, and this is kind of what the Democratic Party is playing by right now, then you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a Nazi. But getting back to the whole Bloomberg thing, you know, and, and all these people like Joe Biden and all these different people like Mayor Pete, you know, the butt pirate. They, these people are the perfect definition of racists, communists, hypocrites, ignorant. They spew about, Amer- about what they want for America. And these people don't live by what they spew. And their supporters, you know, a lot of them have woken up. But how could you be so dumb not to – go? stop listening to CNN. Stop listening to the, the New York Times. Stop listening to all these, these people that are shoving useless knowledge down your throat. You know, and this is the problem with the Democratic Party is that they care more about feelings over facts. They don't care about the real facts. They don't want to know. They want to they focus on orange man bad. And look at you know look look at guys like you know the party at this point you know healthcare for illegal aliens just going into this debate last night healthcare for illegal aliens tax tax the rich which never works the taxing the rich never works you guys are idiots if you think it works you guys are absolutely moronic you guys are dumber than shit because you know what the real rich they don't pay taxes as it is because you know why because they're smart. And they got loopholes, and they got offshore accounts. Do I need to go on? You're never going to punish them. Get that out of your head. And the Democrat politicians know damn well it's nothing ever going to come of that, ever. And, but they're sheep, the sheep, the, the scum, millennial, cocks, people that feel entitled to other people's money, the ones that don't want to work for it, the ones that don't want to capitalize on the American dream, the ones that want to sit home all day and play video games. And, you know, come on, come on. You know, you, you guys, you, you know, and, and think about what else. Let's have open borders. Yeah, let, let's have slaver, slavery reparations. Let's generalize somebody based off their race. Let's, yeah, you know how racist that is? Yeah, yeah let's give trannies, let's give chicks with, with dicks 
all these special privileges, even though they make up less than 2% of the population. And, you know, the LGBT, they want to change Christianity. You know, we're, we're, we're being called bigots because we believe in, in a certain faith, you know. But, you know, they'll enable and call the Muslim ideology the religion of peace. You know, and, and, and they're so generous, aren't they, at these debates with all these people's money? Aren't they so generous? Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, who's paying for it? Who's paying for it? I mean, these people's priorities are wrong. You can't tell me one thing that was positive economic, economically on that stage last night or any of these debates. They've got no plan for the middle class. They are – the only thing they can run to is the victim stance. They can they, – you know, they say they're the party of science, but they don't even believe two genders exist. You know, they, they don't even – and they want to say that they're, you know, going to do free, you know, clear college debt. Really? Really, yeah. Do you know how much money that costs? And, and you know what? It's not free. Every idiotic moron, you know, and, and these people are insecure. People that vote Democrats still in today's day and age, as far as I'm concerned, they're insecure. You know, they are jealous. They are envious. And, and, and here's another problem. You know, these Democrat politicians and their voters want to say everything that's wrong with America. But why are they still here? Why are you still here? You know, and the whole, you know, let's just give all amnesty to all criminals. And that, that's a new thing that came out. They want to put a bill forth that would allow murderers and rapists uh, to stay in this country. And think about what Paris has come to. Forty percent of the population there, uh, people that commit – 40 percent of people that break the law there are illegals, exactly what the leftists want for America. Because you know why? It's voter control. It's power we know they use them as political pawns, and these illegals ain't going to be voting for Republicans. They break laws. They're part of the Democratic Party. These people are sick. You know, these, these people are lost. They're ignorant. They're dumb. And it's like you, and you want to talk, and then you got them smelly feminists. Oh, God, aren't they the worst? They spread their smelly odor all over the damn streets. Women, women, believe women. Me too, me too. <laughs> I mean, they've ruined it for actually innocent. They've ruined it for people that are actually, you know, and, and you know, it's all, it's all backwards. Women aren't oppressed. People of color are not oppressed. We're not living in the 1960s anymore. I look at people, and most people I know look at people as human. We don't look at color. We don't give a sh- We don't really, quite frankly, we don't care about your sexual orientation, but you want us to care especially the LGBT community. That's another big problem for me, and it's become a political issue. They keep trying to put it on us. Like, I don't go around asking people their sexual orientation because I don't care. I don't go to sleep at night wondering, oh, I don't care. Like, who cares? But they make it our business, and that's when it it becomes a problem. When you're making it our business, then you, and then you guys start crying, which is the most pathetic thing on earth. You make it our business, and then you guys play the victim. I know a lot of people that, you know, especially gay conservatives, they don't even talk about it. They don't, look at, they don't look at sexual orientation or put themselves in boxes or label. But we're talking about all these issues that are absolutely, in my strong opinion, on these Democrats, they, are, they, they really have animosity for America. And, and, how, and look about how much this president has accomplished. Like 80% of his promises delivered within three years. 
best best African American unemployment, best Hispanic unemployment, best Asian unemployment, best female unemployment, highest stock market ever. Consumer confidence at an all time high. You know, you, you can't make this stuff up. And Bloomberg, you know, and I'm seeing some of these people, and you know, I've talked about this before. Uh, the DNC never plays fair. They never play fair. And I think their party's in a lot of trouble. You know, I think they've kind of taken on this whole socialism concept because there's a lot of new age people that are involved with that party and want to hijack it. But I I, I think it can only last for so long. And, um, you know, we're seeing people buy their way in because people in the DNC don't want Bernie. The voters do. A lot of the voters want Bernie. But even though I've never agreed with Bernie, I can't stand him. I think he's a scum. I think he's a bum. Um, you know, he, he, he has a loyal fan base and 50% of his voters said they'll stay home if he doesn't get the nominee. What does that tell you? But he was more popular than Hillary Clinton in 2016. They didn't give, they didn't give him the nomination though. It's rigged. It's rigged. You know, and Michael Bloomberg's trying to get his way to the top. And there's actually rumor that he may, they may give it to him. He's in second place right now. You know, crazy. Um, Let's go to this real quick. And this is, this is something I, I talk about constantly on my show, and it, it beca- keeps becoming a strong epidemic in our country, and it never ends. Uh, the homeless crisis in Austin, it's now a thing in Austin, Texas. And we all know Texas is very Republican, and it's actually one of the greatest states for American patriots and wild, wild west, and we love it. I mean, who doesn't love Texas and what they – I mean, they're, they're the greatest for our signature values and, and what, what our country was, was originated upon. But here's something really – and I've always known this about Austin, especially in recent, in recent uh, hit times. Uh, they've become really liberal. They're actually one of the only cities in Texas like, in terms of like the big ones that is dominated, I, I'm pretty sure, by liberal politicians. And uh, they're homeless. Uh, epidemic. Uh, it's like you know everybody knows I'm from Seattle. Uh, I grew up there. Moved down to Arizona about eight years ago. Seattle looks like a third world country in certain parts of it. Because of the homeless epidemic, because of these politicians that have, you know, and they do this on purpose. These, these politicians look at everywhere a leftist liberals in power: Detroit, New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Austin. Major homeless epidemic in all those places, and they're all run by liberals. And you know what? It's not ending because these liberals want this problem. They want because it, it goes on their agenda. Because then they can go in their stupid little speeches. And say, oh, we got a solution for it. We got a solution. They want problems so they can hear themselves talk and keep trying to brainwash these voters. And you know what? Usually their solution is is throwing more money at the problem, which only adds to the epidemic and encourages more people to become homeless. We've seen Amazon, we've seen Starbucks, we've seen all these big companies throw a bunch of money at these at this situation, and all it does is add. It doesn't freaking fix it. Liberals don't want to fix it. They don't. They want victims. They want to leave people poor. What do you think? Why do you think all liberal, you know, leaders take after California? Look, California, at this point, it's either you're really rich or you're poor. There's no middle class, and that's their ultimate objective in the Democratic Party at this point because they've gone so far left. They don't want a middle class. They want them rich Hollywood elites, and then they want them poor little peasants that they can boss around. They don't want people to have power. They don't want people to achieve the American dream. They want people to stay, you know, on the low. They're envious scums. 
you know, and this whole homeless epidemic is not going to change in Trump, unless Trump gets involved. And he's talked about getting involved or sending people. You need to do state of emergency for these certain things. It's not cool. And why do you think all these diseases are floating around? I mean, you've got human feces and needles and tents in these downtowns, third world countries. It's not acceptable. And, you know, it's like Austin, Texas, beautiful place. And, and there's business owners that are being threatened by politicians there because business owners are saying they don't want feces and tents outside their business. What the hell is going on? We elect these people, and then they're on their own agenda. They don't, give a, they don't care about us. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. So, you know, whatever you think of Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, I like him. Certain things about him, I, I, you know, there's a lot of things I can't stand about him. Um, you know, he, he's, he's firm on certain uh, things that he, he puts forth. And uh, one of the things is that uh, he was not going to get rid of political ads. And obviously this set a firestorm off with the left. And we all know the left is violent. They're hostile. They're idiotic. They're, they're, they're rambunctious. They're, 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 they're people – these people are not stable. I mean these people want to – first thing they want to do is, is resort to violence and to resort to uh, you know, going straight for the throat. So what do they do every time they don't get their way in most scenarios? They go in front of people's houses. And they start trying to trespass and cause chaos and, you know, try to do whatever they can, get to their friends, get to their family, get to them. It's the biggest invasion of privacy ever. You know, and this, this is happening to our politicians. This is happening to our leaders. You know, we see how many smelly protesters, moronic protesters have been out, outside of some of these uh, Trump administration officials' houses in, in recent times. We've seen it on the news in the last couple of years. You know, that's the real bigot. They want to call us the, the Nazis. They want to call us the hateful ones. Go look in the mirror. I mean, these people are the ones that orchestrate. These are the people that founded plantations. These are the people that founded, you know, uh, racism, slavery, you name it. These people are like, are, are they are a perfect example of Hitler's playbook. And they want to silence you. They don't want you to speak your mind. They claim to be the party of, oh, you can say whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. But the minute you don't agree with them, damn, it's like they're done with you. Stand by Zuckerberg for his – and I don't agree with him, like I said, on a lot of things. But you know, standing by, and he's gotten so much pressure from, I'm sure, dark money and many people, not to get rid of political ads. Standing by that, I admire it. I applaud it. And you know what? This is another example of me giving you know, high praise to people. And, and just giving credit where it's due of uh, people I don't politically agree with. Because Mark Zuckerberg is not really a conservative, I don't think, very much. I, you know, and George Soros, idiots like George Soros, speaking of Mark Zuckerberg, George, George Soros is trying to accuse Mark Zuckerberg of helping Trump win an election. Uh, I'm confused. Uh, last time I checked, the Facebook in 2016 was very biased for Hillary. So, George, I, uh, I think you're wrong, and I think you're trying to create some sort of dramatic stunt that you're, you're trying to seek some attention. You know, George, you, you haven't been in the media for a little while, and uh, I think you need to a little slow it down, man. And all you, all you Democrats in, in your – wow, you, you guys really uh, – yeah, you guys really crossed the line. I mean, there's no way. Silicon Valley is leftist, you know, and Trump and Zuckerberg are friendly lately. They've had some good times, you know. Um, I know he's had them for dinner at the White House. 
talking about and, and that's another thing. I, I really gotta point this out. Trump has really tackled the issue on, on tech censorship. He's really addressed it. And, and he's that guy, like I said, brings people together, got Zuckerberg into a room, really talk and he's doing it for we the people. He didn't have to do that. You know how much money donors and dark money's probably trying to put down Trump's given to Trump to try to get him to do certain things and he's just not taking it. He's not ha- he's not having it. It's not him. Man, you gotta admire it. Um, so the illegal alien, and this is disturbing, this is disgusting, and this is just going to keep happening, especially with the legislation of the left, you know, it's, it's crazy, but Kate Steinle's murderer in San Francisco, we all remember Kate Steinle, beautiful girl, had her whole life ahead of her, uh, she died at my age, I think, I'm, I'm 29 now, I believe she was 29 when she died, and, you know, it was, just the, I remember reading the um, headlines and the story, and, and, and just seeing the father and the and the, and the brother and the, and the and the wife, and God, and I just can't even. You lose that, and then you don't get justice. Can you think about the slap in the face? And you're not, and everybody knows this is political. Everybody knows this is about harboring illegal aliens. It's, everybody knows this is is about generalizing and trying to say all illegal aliens are human. And good people. These Democrats don't don't even want to acknowledge how bad MS-13 is. Like they don't, because it doesn't meet meet their political situation. These people are looking to keep people like Kate Steinle's murderer in our country, and it's just going to keep happening. And this is look at where California. Look who California is run by: cocaine head Newsom. You got uh, Smelly, that you know that slew, bluesy Camilla Harris. You got Eric Swalwell, who doesn't even know where he is half the time. You know, look at this. And all these radical, radical legislators. I mean, look, look at where, what these cities have turned into. L.A., L.A., major crime, San Francisco, major crime. You know, and it's the worst place for illegals. I mean, they're getting more privileges and benefits than frickin' our own citizens and our own vets. And these, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, but ju- justice for Kate Steinle. We need they need to do another court, and somebody needs to do something. Fi- file something. This is, you can't let this guy walk. And they're saying he's mentally unstable. That's why he can't he can't stand stand trial or be convicted. Dismissing the charges of a murderer. Yeah, really, dude. If you're unstable and you're not you're not mentally suitable uh, for for a situation like this, then why? Then why did you? How are you capable of picking up a gun and shooting? Come on. Come on, dude. You knew what you were doing. Dances, man. You just want to grab these people by the neck, really. Um, okay. Uh, so let's bring this up real quick. So the Washington Post, an op-ed came out this past week, and they're saying that on the headline, give elites a bigger say in choosing the president. Listen to that again. Give the elites a bigger say in choosing the president. Can you believe that? They want elites, and we all know who owns that paper. Jeff Bezos, richest guy in the world, the biggest elite of them all. He's up there with Bill Gates and everybody. They, these people, you know, we all know they, they control so many different political names. I mean, they give them all this money. 
And that's the problem. We don't want globalism. We don't want elites. We don't want these, these people that don't give a shit about us. You know, and don't treat us like we're humans and, and, and don't, you know, they, they look at us like we're peasants. The elites are the biggest problem. And the elites are people like Bloomberg, people like uh, George Soros, people like, uh, let's see here, even, you know, people like Warren Buffett, even though I respect some of the things he does. You know, Bill Gates obviously is, Jeff Bezos. But to be, to be you know, we know already. But to be so obvious and to actually put that out there, like, like you, you, like you, I mean, you knew it was going to get backlash, but you're, you're basically in a lot of ways throwing yourself under the bus. I mean, the, the criticism, even on the far left, the far left is sick of the elites in a lot of ways. That's why they want people like Bernie, outsiders. You guys are really hurt yourself with these stupid headlines. And I, I, you know, wow, they admit it, admit it. Elites. That word is so dirty. That's a dirty, dirty word. Think about the New World Order. Think about the World Bank. Think about all these people. The United Nations. You know, these. Yeah, it's it's dirty. Um. Let's see here. Okay, so we all remember when they were trying to make a big fuss and a big commotion and a big hysteria headline about Trump and his health and fitness and, you know, whether he's suitable to be in office for that reason. And, you know, he was, he was more healthy. He was, they even said his doctor, he was the healthiest president ever. And that was confirmed actually by multiple sources. And it was all over the news. I'm sure people remember it, but now people like Bernie Sanders are refusing to release some of their medical records, but people like Bernie were the ones that were hammering Trump to release his Christie show on earth. I mean, there you go, guys. One of a million examples of why these people, and you got these Democrats. Yeah. I mean, a certain other, and Joe Biden, I don't think is going to release his stuff. Now this is, you know, Bernie, these people live in denial. They really do. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. And, you know, Pete Buttigieg, Made up a good point the other day at the debate, and I can't stand this guy, by the way. I'm not freaking giving him any sort of praise. But he made up a good point about Bernie supporters. Bernie supporters are violent, and they are inciting violence towards many of the de- other Democrats running uh, in terms of their supporters supporting other candidates. So, you know, when you get that far left, and, and I've seen so many different stories, and, and Bernie's not even calling it out. You know, Bernie's actually enabling it. Uh, you know, and, and this it's not going to end well, especially when they don't get Bernie the nominee. Cause I, I really don't think they are. And I really think we're going to see stuff in the streets that we've never seen ever. I, I really think after that Milwaukee convention with the DNC, and I think, I, I think it'll probably go to a bro- – I don't know if it's going to go to a broker convention. And people keep asking me, who do I think is going to be the nominee? I really don't know. Usually I, can, I know at this point in time from recent, recent elections, but I don't know. <laughs> like that's how – it's like I, I, yeah, I can't even, I can't even tell you, because I thought Elizabeth Warren was going strong for a while, getting the nominee, even though I can't stand her, but she blew it. Uh, Joe Biden blew it a long time ago. He was the favorite for a while. Bloomberg is coming out of nowhere. I mean, even though he had a terrible debate last night, they, they freaking, they trampled his ass last night. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, oh God. But the inciting of the violence, 
and the, the fact that you look at these third world countries and like Venezuela and some of these other places that, you know, uh, where people are, are, are living this life. I mean, the violence, it gets bad. It's not something America should be uh, witnessing or experiencing. That's for damn sure. Uh, okay. So the, the, the coronavirus, you know, I, I – actually, I'm going to talk about this a little later. I, I want to get into that, but I am going to talk about it a little later. But let's, let's get into this whole Roger Stone thing. Uh, Roger Stone was sentenced today, 40 months in prison. I think Trump's going to pardon him. I don't think he really has much to worry about. Um, but, uh, you know, look at the bias. Yeah, there was nothing there. Nothing to do with the Trump campaign. Nothing to do with any. Nothing to do with any of uh, of his administration. And, and really, there's people in our government that have done far, far worse, and they never seen a day in jail. And Roger Stone, quite frankly, didn't do anything wrong. Supposedly, he lied. And you know, you guys were going after Mueller, especially for years, two, three years. You guys said you were going to crack the code. You said all this corruption existed, but you had nothing. You know, you, you got people that, that did stuff years and years ago that had no relevance to Donald Trump. You guys spent millions of dollars, hours of interviews, hundreds of witnesses, and the media covered for you. The media covered for you guys and made everybody – well, not everybody, but made those people believe that actually something was there. But no. You know the credibility of of these networks, and you know, and, and what what, and look at look at how Vinman, look at how Sodlin, look at how uh, Comey, look at how McCabe, look at how Stork, look at how Page, look at how Hillary Clinton. Nothing, nothing. Look what they did to Paul Manafort. Look at what they did to General Petraeus, who did absolutely the most minimal thing you could ever do. They ruined his life, especially that Barack Hussein white mama Obama. He pardons Chelsea Manning, the trans, the tranny that, I mean, any other person would have been in jail for 40 years for what she did. But no, you get pardoned. I mean, dude, dude, it's crazy. This is mind-blowing. Look what they did to Michael Flynn. This was all a hit job. This was all to frame these people. This was all – it was not about the rule of law. It was not about doing what's right. And these people want to say, oh, what about the Constitution? They, they over-violated the Constitution, Roger Stone and these people. You guys, the left, you leftists have never followed the Constitution. You don't even know what the Constitution even says. You probably don't even know one sentence in the Constitution. Roger Stone, though, 40 months doing nothing. You know, I, I'm not going to say Roger Stone hasn't been, invo- been involved with shady characters years ago. I mean, I know he was involved with the mob on certain things. Everybody knows that. But a lot of people were back in the day. That's not that's not really news. But and you know, he worked for Ronald Reagan. He worked for he's worked for all these people, and he's an expert. He's brilliant. He's, and they're threatened by him because he was one of the people that actually helped Donald Trump win with his with his IQ and his and it, just his knowledge and his insight and just what he brings to the table. This guy knows things that other people don't know. You know, it, it's uh, but it's sad. It really is sad for Roger and his family what they put. And think about the legal bills. Think about what the reputation. Think about the, the slandering. You know, Trump and, and the other these other people, and a lot of them already are. You got Papadopoulos, you got Page who are suing. Just just start suing. Really. Because it, it's your right. 
And if you have a fair judge, if you have a fair courtroom, you'll win. Because any other court would have looked at anything like this, and they would have been appalled by how people like Roger Stone, Paul Manafort. And don't forget, the people on Roger Stone's jury were anti-Trump, at least one of the women. There was a report today. Think about that. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is. It really is. It, it's, and I'm, I'm, now I'm reading more and more about Joe Biden and the Bidens and, and Hunter getting involved with more and more companies. And now we have Joe Biden's brother, who's now one of, one of the uh, businesses he was affiliated with, just got raided by the FBI. So I think, I think stuff's happening. I think AG Barr is doing stuff behind the scenes that, uh, you know, we're all going to be quite uh, – I think we're going to be shocked in a lot of ways. I think we're going on right now. A lot of big things. Uh, we, are, we are really – and I'm just seeing reports and various clues and, and different tips that, that I just I, – I, I can't – I, I won't. I wouldn't. I, I couldn't understand. I wouldn't be able to understand or fathom if nothing did come in terms of indictments. I, I really think stuff's going on with Barr and um, uh, Durham, you know, and they're not owned. They can do what they want. I, I think they're. I think they're. They're on it. Uh, there. There is a lot. A lot of, of revelations and things that we have found out, and I think that's just tip of the iceberg. I think you're, we're going to be. In for quite the ride, quite the surprise, and uh, you know, th- this is this isn't going away. It is not going away. You know, and, and if it was any of anybody else, these people, yeah. I mean, Hunter Biden taking millions of dollars, millions of dollars. J- Joe Biden giving all these contracts to his family, giving all these different relief. Oh my God, all these breaks. Political power, I'll tell you guys, it's something else. It is something else. And, you know, the, this, whole, this whole situation where the Democrats, are, you know, the only way it's ever going to stop, the only way we're ever going to get – and I think this is going to happen. When we went back to House as Republicans in 2020, I think we're going to get a lot, a lot – of people to, to face the music. I, I don't know right about now, maybe, maybe soon enough, but I think once we imagine, imagine when we have that power, we give the Democrats a taste of their own medicine. We give them, you know, what they, what they gave us for so long, even though we're the bigger people, even though we're smarter, we're stronger, we're more creative, we're more unique, we're more, quite frankly, we're more pretty, you know, and, and we're, we have good, you know, we, we don't have bad hygiene like them, but, uh, but no, you know, I, I, I just see, and these people, these people aren't, aren't, aren't as slick as they think. Adam Schiff did a terrible job. Nancy Pelosi did a terrible job. These people wanted to be master cons. They wanted to be master mafia, you know, members. They, 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 would, have ta- they, they would have taken Trump down. Even though Trump did nothing wrong, they had no master plan, though. They went into this with so much pressure, and they basically winged it. They winged it in a lot of ways. Remember all the star witnesses they said they had to impeach him? Remember? And it, half these people didn't even know what, what was said on the call that were supposed to crack the code. These witnesses. I mean, it's all, it's all crap. You know, they're terrified of Trump. 
Um, let's go to let's go to Sam Tully. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, Roy. Uh, like I said earlier, one thing about the rally, it showed that this racist plot of uh, calling the president a racist is is, is total bogus nonsense. It's the only thing they have because they can't beat him, and they're the only thing they have is the victim stance. That's what they have to say, you know, to make themselves. I, they have no other material. It's pathetic, and we all know by now that he's not a racist. I mean, but you know what? These people are so repetitive and so insecure and so lost. That, yeah, it's, it's sad stuff. Well, you know, I, I've stated it on many videos that I talked about people. Uh, the fact that he had this number one rated uh, show on TV for 11 years and NBC, who owns MSNBC, and all these other folks never said one word about him being the monster that they project him to be now. And so it begs the question, if he was a racist then, why did they keep their mouth shut, or how did he just become one now? The fact of it is, he never was. They knew he wasn't, but once he turned on them and decided to take care of the people, then they had to turn on him. And, and look, and look was, at Bloomberg. Look at Bloomberg praising him a couple of years ago in an interview, calling him one of the greatest guys. Look at Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton giving him awards. Look at you know all these people that said he's the greatest guy. Whoopi Goldberg used to say he's so awesome. All these different people of color. But now, since like like you just said, since he ran for president and won, he's their enemy. It's pathetic. He ran for president, and he didn't become a Democrat. And so, I mean, he didn't run as a Democrat, so then uh, they, 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 they turned him into a monster. And when you mentioned Bloomberg, I saw Leo Torero on TV, this, this so-called black civil rights attorney, and another guy that's frequently on Hannity. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they're, they're praising and they're forgiving Bloomberg for all the racist nonsense that he did. And, but the fact of it is, is all Bloomberg doing is paying people. Bloomberg is paying, trying to pay his way into the White House, and, and, and therefore these same, uh, who I will call the House Negroes, um, who are trying to keep their party's folks in line, or have flipped the switch, and Bloomberg's a good guy now because he's on their team and he's passing out the cash. So oh, that's all I want to say about that. But when you talk about the LGBTQ uh, victimology, these are the same people that want to be uh, let out the closet so they can live a normal life. The, the closet, now they want to throw all the Christians in the closet. They don't want Christians to be able to live the life that we are called to live. Uh, this country was built on the Judeo-Christian principle. Our foundation is Judeo-Christian. But, you know, we, we have this situation in Europe and in and I believe in Canada, there's certain segments of the Bible, if you read, you can get arrested. Now they're trying to truncate Christianity in America. They're, so far, it's okay to say you're a Christian, but if you really, truly believe what the Word of God says, and you, and you try to live by that principle, and you defend that principle, which we're called to do in First Peter 3 and 15, now you're in trouble. And this is what these folks are, are, are propagating, because... Being uh, being in the closet for a Christian now is good, and, 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 in fact, and I'm fascinated when they're talking all this stuff about Buttigieg and his hypocrisy and his blasphemy calling himself a Christian. Well, look, I'm going to tell you, every last one of those jokers on stage is talking about killing babies. You cannot 
be for abortion and kill the creation of God and call yourself a Christian. And on top of that, Buttigieg, who's claiming to be a Christian, uh, supposedly, because I don't count this so-called gay marriage as marriage, marriage is an institution created by God between one man and one woman, and this this guy being so-calledly married to another man is the furthest thing you can be as far as a Christian is concerned. That doesn't exist. But going back to the president and what he's done for this country with the with like I said, the lowest unemployment on every demographic, every racial category. That's why I keep stressing the fact that everybody was celebrating the president last night. When I when I when I got in line last night at about two thirty in the morning, I decided to walk up to the front line and it was a black woman toward the front. You know, there were people of every racial pedigree out there waiting to get in there and celebrate what's going on in America now. And and the and the liberals are scared to death because like you said, their Trump card uh pun not intended, but who cares? Their Trump card doesn't work. Their racist card, their fear mongering card, all that stuff is, is no good and there's one thing, I don't care what color you are is going to supersede even those that don't even believe in a moral perspective, and that's money. And what this president has done is open up the economy to the regular person, and and the regular person is making money. And when you got folks like, uh, like I said, the Washington Post talking about let the elites have a bigger say, which is totally contrary to everything in this country, unless they want to make us serfs and they want to have a kinghood again, a kingdom, what they should have done is stress, let's make the educational system real again so people learn civics, so they learn how the country works, and let's require higher education in math, reading, and, and, and in the, uh, those type of things instead of talking about all this social nonsense and, and, and teaching kindergartners that they can be boys if they're girls and girls if they can be boys and all this experimental crap. You know, then you will have an elite society of people who are knowledgeable, and then they will be too smart to even want to even think about electing those so-called elites. And when you touched on this homelessness in Austin, you know I live in California. I'm 60 miles from downtown L.A. We we have uh, uh, east of City Hall is a dead gum third world country where homelessness is mass. I mean that's the biggest part, but they're under under ramps, they're, they're up and down Wilshire Boulevard, they're all over the place, because this, this city and this, this state embraces homelessness, they embrace letting people uh, just live anywhere, and, and, and then they complain about the federal government not helping, while at the same time, these folks will, will sit over here and, and invite illegal aliens to come and, and take up the resources. Well, there's only a limited number of resources available for anybody. So if the American people are paying taxes and are expected to pay their law, uh, uh, the, to obey the, the laws, well, you're letting illegals come in here and, like you said, shoot up people and don't be prosecuted and then suck up the resources, then we should just do what they're doing and don't, don't obey any laws. I mean, it's, 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 it's idiotic. And let me see what else you've got. This Bernie. You know, Bernie is funny. I mean, the Bernie situation, it would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. Bernie supporters being violent, I don't know why that should even be something anybody would think is not palatable. After all, he is a socialist. 
I mean, the Nazi Party was socialist. The brown shirts beat up and, uh, and, and choked off everybody, you know, before Hitler had them killed off by the SS. They were socialists. I mean, the Soviet Union, socialists kill people. Socialists beat up people. Socialists enforce their ideology on people. That's what they do. So, so we shouldn't expect anything else from Bernie's people. And, 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 and the idea that you're going to, the people would elect someone that's claiming that he's for the people and he has three different properties and he, he, he's, he now he's against billionaires. He was against millionaires before he became one. I mean, and this guy, I mean, he looks like he's ready to have another heart attack and fall off any minute now. I mean, this is the biggest joke there is. You know, and, and and as far as Bloomberg wanting to be president, he he saw that Trump could do it, so now he thinks that he could do it. But the problem is, uh, Bloomberg was one of those elites that really don't care about the people. And every time you turn around, something is coming out exposing how he doesn't care a thing about the people. Trump has always cared about people. If you talk to anyone that worked for him, you talk to anybody that talks about how he handles his businesses. All the people love him because he actually cares about the people. And that's why people are following him. When he said that he's going to do this and he started doing it, like you said, he took care of 80% of his promises, and if the Democrats would get the hell out of the way, he can take care of the rest of them. People realize, I don't care about his uh, vernacular or how he talks or how he presents himself. He cares about the people. And once people understand that they care, that he cares about them, then they stand up for him, and and I stand up for him. Like I said last night, it was it was fantastic. I would encourage anybody if they can get to a rally. And and, and one thing, when you said that he's a robot, the man is impossible. I didn't know he was going to be at another rally tonight. I mean, every time you turn around, he is on the move. He is on the move. He's meeting the people. He's letting the people know that he's there for them. And I tell you, there is even Reagan wasn't like this. There has been nobody like this. And I do truly believe that he is a man that God put in position right now, that God has answered prayer. And, and all these folks, and it amazes me, many of my quote-unquote Christian friends say, well, I can't support Trump. He was this, he was that, he, he ain't no Christian. And I'm saying, so you're telling me that people can't change? Therefore, you're telling me that Christianity isn't real, what you claim it is. And the Bible says God can turn a man's heart any way he wants to. I mean, he turned Cyrus' heart to do his bidding. He turned Darius' heart to do his bidding. He even turned Nebuchadnezzar's heart to do his business. He even turned Pharaoh's heart to do his business. And if he got Trump doing his business, well, praise God, he's still in control. And we should submit to God. And the leadership that he gave us right now, we've never had leadership like that before. Amen. Amen. So, I agree. So I am, I am satisfied. I am pleased. And I, I just encourage the people, just because we think we got it locked up, we must be vigilant. We need to vote. These folks, don't they, they hate losing their power. They hate losing their control. And I've always told people, it's not about the money. If you have the power, the money will follow. And they don't want to lose the power. So we have the power, and we need to continue to be vigilant, and every last one of us need to vote for the president and for everybody to get the heck, particularly to get Nancy and all those fake folks like that Swalwell in my state out of there. I'm done. Amen. 
Amen, Sam. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, very well said. Uh, everybody, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Stay with us. This is the Rory Sauter Show. It's a beautiful night. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, Past episodes or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the Next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA, 
Com. Lot to get into tonight. Big stuff. Thank you all for tuning in. I do want to welcome to the show our first guest. I believe she's with us. We have U.S. congressional candidate from California, Joanne Wright. Joanne, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, Rory. It's good to be there. How are you? Doing very well. Excellent to have you here. I'm your first time on. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I am running for Congress in District 34, which is downtown Los Angeles. I mean, it's everything from the Staples Center to Dodgers Stadium. But the reason I picked it was because it's got the County General Hospital, which is empty. I mean, almost vacant, 1.2 million square feet. And my brother and I have a plan to solve homelessness, and I need that 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 hospital i need that property we need it for our center you know for mental illness and for rehabilitation and for transitioning people and assessing people and if we had something like that with automatic unlimited shelter and time the luxury of time to assess the people and get them to where they really need to be they never have to go back to the street again and that's what i'm doing and that's why i'm so happy that you have me on tonight well, amen, amen. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking earlier, uh, you know, about this homeless epidemic. And, you know, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. I moved, I moved oh, to yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. I moved to Phoenix about uh, Arizona about eight years ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just I had to get away from the politics in Seattle. Uh, and recently, Seattle, with the homeless epidemic, has turned into a third world country, very similar yeah. uh, to places like Los Angeles. And the problem is, and I, and I made this point, an example earlier in my show, every city run by a far left liberal has a bad homeless epidemic. New York City, Chicago, mm. L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, it, it goes on and on. Detroit, I mean, it, it doesn't end. If it's run by a leftist liberal, they are purposely keeping it there. They have no – their objectives or their, their agenda is not fixing it. And we even have, nope. you know – yeah, certain. There's even certain Democrats that are voting Democrats in California that have had enough of it, and they're asking their leaders, "Why the hell haven't you done something about it?" Right, and the answer is exactly what you said. They are purposely doing. I am contending that they are blighting it intentionally, waiting for the next developer to come by, so that they can use that land to do another 50-story high-rise or whatever they're going to do. But they're not saving it for affordable housing, and they're not trying to get the people off the street. They really, they really aren't. I've been learning an awful lot about it and talking to the LAPD and, and the commander of the uh, homeless task force and went on a ride along. And I, I learned something. If, have you heard, Rory, about the Ninth Circuit? My brother and I have been studying this. We've gone to the, the it's, county. It's, it's We've hell. met with the people. It's the devil. <laughs> right. But the city it, and Trump, county Trump attorneys. Has Trump has appointed he, a lot of people it, it, to that circuit. He's got a little fire burning again uh, underneath them. But also, our city attorney and our uh, county attorney, they have the right to waive that. They can go around that. They can make their own stipulation. It's like a federal law. You say, oh, no, I want to be a sanctuary city. <laughs> they could say, no, 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 we want to compel people to get off. We, we do want to be able to enforce our vagrancy rules. But the, the problem is, is they don't, they don't have a place for 65,000 people. But my brother is running in, in District 33. I don't know if you know that. My brother Kenneth Wright is the one who got me into this. I was volunteering for his campaign 
last year, you know, the last one, and, um, and I got so involved with his uh, plan for homelessness, he's got a long-term solution for people who are never going to be able to live on their own, never going to be able to be self-supporting. The, 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 he has, it's called the township option. He's been on Dr. Drew's show and everything else. So I got excited. I said, well, how are you going to get them off the street? So I made a component. With the, I call it the mobile triage unit. We just go out with our little laptops and an ambulance and some policemen and, and uh, an administration vehicle, and, and we sign them on the street like you'd go to Betty Ford. And they, they take re- accountability for themselves. They sign up for the program. Now, if they don't want to, everybody says, not everybody wants to go. Well, then go somewhere else. But you're not going to be on this street between 6th and 8th, you know, on Spring Street or whatever. You're not going to be on it anymore, and then we have to enforce that. But if we don't have that, um, that workaround of the Ninth Circuit um, um, decision, then the, the police have their hands tied. They have the, of course, it doesn't help when Sacramento is saying, we're not going to have felonies anymore. And people can just rob $950, and the police have told me to my face, they come in after they rob, and then we put them right back on the street. So, you know, we yeah, have it, to start law and order again. Yeah, <laughs> and here, here's the yeah, – here, no, absolutely, and here's the problem is that the Democratic Party wants this because it creates division. It creates another problem that they can say that they have a solution for when they really don't. Their solution right. for homelessness – is throwing more money at it, which only enables the problem. We've seen p- big companies like Amazon throw money at it. All it does is add. It's all. It's all. It's, cash it's all cow. planned with these. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. absolutely is. And and here's the thing. I really strongly believe that we have a, an addiction crisis in our country. We oh, have yes. a mental health mm-hmm. crisis. And and I mm-hmm. wish that there. You know, and and I think Trump is working on some stuff. And and, and I only think that they're ever going to get better if. People like you get in there in places like California. I mean, we really need to, you know, put something but, you know, that's sufficient you, you, in place to, to help these people because it's it's uh, we don't want we don't want this for our citizens. I you know I drive down the street and I see, I, I witness and, and see this stuff and it brings tears to my eyes because you know what all this time yeah. these politicians, especially the ones on the left, and you know I, I, there's I'm not going to say. All, all Republicans are, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Republicans with problems that are actually encouraging this, especially the rhinos. But you know, these politicians mm-hmm. go home at night, they live their rich, frickin' lifestyles, and meanwhile, yeah. you've got people not eating. You know what I mean? And I and you see cops now who, in some of these liberal-run areas, these leftist-run areas, are limited to what they can do on the job. You know, like trying to yeah. enforce certain things and trying to, you know, it's it's really, uh, you know. It's sad and, and yeah. scary. Well, you, you, know, you bring up the mental illness and the substance abuse, and they go hand in hand. In fact, there was a, uh, the, the people at the Midnight Mission, they were saying, you know, when you go on the street, you don't just go on the street. You know, first you kind of like lay on your, you know, your friend's couch. You know, if you lose your job or whatever, you know, your friends let you stay on their couch, and then your family lets you stay on the couch. And then, well, then you're living in your car, and it's gradual. And then, by the, and you may not even be into drugs, but by the time you get on the street, you're going you're gonna to say, okay, I will take that because I can't bear myself, you know. And then you start going crazy but you, because you have to bifurcate yourself in order to, to, to survive that kind of life, especially if you used to be a self-supporting person person with a job and you just had bad luck or you know health care or, or divorce or um, you know domestic abuse or, or a million reasons to, to get on the street but it is our job 
as the people who are capable. And we have the resources. We have all the resources except a big holding tank, if you will. I called it. Uh, I called it in something I wrote recently. I called it the mothership, you know, because that's where you can go. And the General Hospital is so beautiful because it, it, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's the one that was in the soap opera, and it sits on a hill, and it's massive. And you can just Google it. It's a gorgeous, old, iconic building. And so they're doing a feasibility study. And I keep going to the meeting saying, please make it for the homeless. Please make it for the homeless. And uh, they don't want it. They don't want it. It's a NIMBY. They don't want it in their backyard. I said, but you can look at the jobs you can create. You've got USC Keck right next door. You've got the, the new county general hospital right next door. It is just perfect. And they're building. They are, but, but they can make money off it. But anyway, they're still building some, some beds, some mental, uh, 100 beds for mental illness and 100 beds for substance abuse. But that's, I mean, that's better than nothing. That's like if you have it under control, that's a good number. You know? But, but um, I, I don't know. It, it, they don't want to do it is the only thing I can think of. I think they could just make too much money off the homeless. I mean, Peter Yin, Peter Lin, whoever that was in charge of the Los Angeles County, um, housing Services Authority, he just quit after five years. It made 20% worse than when he started five years ago. And he was making $200,000 a year or something. So there's a lot of money. In it. And you know what I heard? I heard that a lot of the people who work in homelessness in Los Angeles get recruited to other cities because we're, we're there's so many homeless here. There's so much experience. They get recruited to help homeless in other cities. So what are you going to do? No, I hear you. I, I absolutely hear you. And so what would you do, you know, on day one to fix this? What what would be your or, you know, what would you put on in On day one, I would make sure that the city attorney waives that Ninth Circuit restriction so that we can enforce vagrancy laws. If we can't do that, we can't do anything. The second thing is I would compel, I would almost like do – eminent domain on the county general hospital. It's been empty for over 15 years. They used, they used it when the AIDS crisis came bad, you know, in the 80s and early 90s. Then they, they used it right. for AIDS and HIV. But now they've yeah. got a wellness center on the ground floor. They rent some of it out to the Navy. There's 19 stories. There's 1.2 million square feet. There's 13 different, mm-hmm. I said, there's 13 different elevator bays. You don't even have to see the homeless. You don't even have to know that they're there. Take them in the emergency entrance. But it'd be such a great place. And so I, I would commandeer that. I would do whatever, that's why I want to be in federal. That's why I didn't go for city council but, or something like that. I would just be hitting well, my head up against the wall. But, if, but with, with, with Donald Trump behind us and with uh, Secretary Ben Carson behind us, and, and we could just say, listen, you, we don't have to have it for the rest of our lives, but I think it would be a wonderful teaching hospital. We could have state-of-the-art substance abuse recovery and mental illness. We've got all the doctors. We've got the best doctors in the world. And we, could ha- we have uh, Cal State University of Los Angeles is, is three blocks away, and USC is right there. UCLA, we've got them all. And so I, I say uh, it would be a training program, and uh, it would be a- awesome uh, jobs for the people in the neighborhood. I was down walking the precinct in Boyle Heights yesterday, and this woman said, my husband just lost his job when St. Vincent's, another hospital, just closed. And, of course, we could use that one, but, but there's something about county general. It's right in the middle of all the other resources. She said, right. I just, he just right. lost the job. It was like, sorry you've been there for 15 years, but goodbye. This would open Jesus. up so many good-paying, really great-paying job opportunities for the people in that neighborhood I just it's just a yep. win win. We just have all the reason. We would save so much money. They said it's been six hundred and nineteen million dollars 
last year, one year, and it went up 17% homelessness. Jesus so we're Christ. tired. People wow. are tired of the I, – I, I was living in uh, L.A. last month, and I didn't even hey, want to walk my dogs because I didn't want the uh, hypodermic needles and feces in their feet. You know, it's, it's just disgusting. It's te- no, it's, ter- yeah. it's, ter- it, no, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, Joanne, I do have to move on to the next guest. I love having you on. Tell everybody where I they can connect with you, here. where they can donate, all that good stuff. JoanneWrightForCongress.com, JoanneWrightFOR, Congress.com. And I'm just so pleased that you had me on, Rory. I can't t- uh, thank you enough and, and look forward to, to um, the future and, look, and, and, and watch this homelessness, see if I can't make a difference. I love it. We'll, look, we'll get you back. We'll get you on uh, definitely in the, in the future. Thank you so much. Sounds great. All right. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. You, you too. Uh, I want to welcome now to the show, I believe he's with us, we have the founder at Nation Savers 2020, Gary Binford. Gary, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fine, Rory. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself. First time on the show. Uh, I love everything you're doing. You obviously got a great career. You have quite the resume. You've you've done a lot in uh, the political realm and, and business throughout your life. Well, thank thank you very much for for that kind uh, introduction. I'm the founder of Nation Savers 2020. It's a site on Facebook that I started in 2016. It's a grassroots movement that I started for like-minded individuals to engage, educate the electorate about the imminent danger the left presents to our nation's freedom and liberty. My page is all about God, family, country, constitution, and support of President Trump. It's very heavy on taking on socialism, Marxism, and communism and pointing out the resident evil that that presents through the Democratic Party, which has been going on for 75 years, when they couldn't get us to overthrow the country by revolution in the 60s, then they turned to cultural Marxism, which is what they're doing now, trying to change our culture through words and through customs and using what I call the unholy trio, political correctness, liberalism, and the disingenuous mainstream media. So I do that, and I also have a regular half-hour-to-hour segment every Friday on Rocky and the Wolfman Radio, which is on Blog Talk Radio, and I'll, I'll, I'll take on a topic. In one week it could be political correctness, the next week it could be socialism, it could be immigration, it could be, uh, you know, millennials. It could be anything. I bring on guests. We've had on some great guests uh, over the course of the uh, last few months. So that's pretty much what I do, and that's all I do. I'm getting ready to go out on a speaking tour. Hopefully it's going to be national. It's called Just Get One. It's all about just flip one vote. All we need, Rory, is for everybody to just change one vote, just get one coworker, one church member, one family member, one friend to either not vote Democrat or to stay home. Just imagine if we each just get one, what this country will look like after election night 2020. Amen. Amen. No, I, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. And, you know, so, so tell, tell us a little bit more about, you know, Nation Savers. It's obviously a really uh, a great thing and a great service what you're putting out there. And you're, you're saving America and you're, you're going around kind of shining light on a lot of things that we're dealing with. Tell, tell our people about that. Okay. To do that, I need to tell you a little about my background. First off, you can't see me. I was born black. Born black. I'm a black American. Therefore, because I came up black, I came up through the black church system, and I was a Democrat. 
I was a Democrat until I was 47 years old, in which I got saved, born again. I'm now a follower of Jesus Christ. Once that happened, it changed my perspective. I understood I was voting wrong. I was not a really political person, Rory. I had no plans to do anything like this. I originally, out of Ohio University, was a sports writer for two metropolitan major New York newspapers. Then I went into the music business for 14 years, managing D-Man's recording artist Dwayne Kerr, the funky flute man. Then <laughs> this just happened. It just happened. What ended up happening was I got out of the music business. The Lord wanted me out. He said, my, hire, my calling's higher. I found myself working in a health care office, and I got laid off probably because of Obamacare in 2015. I didn't know what to do. And living here in New York on Long Island, almost everybody I know was a Democrat. And then you try and talk to them, and they, 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 they want to be a Democrat. They, yeah, but this, but yeah, but that, but Republicans are racist, blah de blah de blah this, that, and the other thing. So what ends up happening, I said, I, had to, I have to do something here, and that's when I decided to get involved. I got, I, and, and, and what I want to tell everybody, a lot of people just don't know how to engage the left. And what you need to do is make them defend their position, because we have truth on our side. They don't. That's why they use identity politics. That's why they use cultural Marxism, pitting Black against white, male against female, rich against poor. They don't have truth on their side. So if we hit them with that hot iron of facts, they may not come around, but we will back them up and shut them up. And that's what Nation Savers 2020, it's a site on Facebook. If you go look, if you click like and, uh, and uh, like and follow, you'll get the daily post. And what I'm really trying to do, Rory, is just – in a pithy way, using pictures, words, and, uh, and phrases, and just little anecdotal things, trying to just help my, the electorate and people who care to, to understand how to take on the left, how to fight back. One of my big things is pulling the curtain back, like Toto the dog did on The Wizard of Oz, and revealing what's behind the Democratic Party curtain, what's behind the Marxist curtain, what's behind the leftist curtain. You nailed it earlier in your broadcast. What they say isn't who they are. People, all of them, everybody up on that stage last night, it doesn't matter whether they say they're moderate. It doesn't matter if they say they're as radical as Bernie Sanders. Look at how the left votes. They vote in lockstep with the radicals. That includes Joe Manchin. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how moderate or how radical they say they are. They vote in lockstep. This party is run by, you can call it whatever you want. It's really progressivism. And progressivism is a combination of different fruits of the same rotten tree, Marxism, socialism, fascism, communism, progressivism, Democratic Party, Democratic Socialist. Come on, give me a break. And by the way, if you think about socialism, and if you talk to anybody that has come from a socialist country, and you, I'm telling you, you have a neighbor Ask them, and they'll say the same thing. We didn't think Cuba was going to go communist. We didn't think Venezuela was going to go socialist. This isn't what they told us it was going to be. But what they told us it was going to be starts out in one place, but because it's big government and it's because they're trying to offer something that's impossible, free stuff, nothing is free, people. Somebody has to pay for it, and that somebody is you and me, and as the great late, as the late great Margaret Thatcher said, 
The reason socialism fails is because sooner or later they run out of other people's money. And then they don't want to give up the power. Then you want to take your country back. Then they put the strong arm of the military at you because they've taken away your guns. That's why they want our guns, people. They want our guns. So when, if they ever get in and we find out we've been snookered, we find out that now they've ripped off their mask and they're really communists and we want to take our country back. They want to make sure they have military weapons and we have pea shooters. See, so they're really, they're really hiding behind what they are, and that's what Nation Savers does. Rips that mask off in a way that you can understand it, whether you're a high school kid, all, you know, all the way up, to understand what is going on, how to confront it, what they're saying, what they really mean. And again, it's always going to come back to anybody that is trying to destroy or get rid of God, family, country, constitution, is an enemy of the state, an enemy of the United States, an enemy of America, and we have to squash and crush this movement. Otherwise, we're going to end up like Europe ended up. Exactly. Amen. And, you know, I, we're seeing a lot of people that have woken up to the Democratic Party and are walking away. And, you know, we've seen how far left it's gone, and there's no really room or area for the moderates anymore. You don't see the JFK Democrats in that party anymore. You don't really see the Joe Liebermans. Even to a certain degree, Bill Clinton was a moderate back in the day. Many Republicans like some of his policies, but you don't see that anymore. The, I always say the Democratic Party, at least at one point in time, even though I've never really agreed with them, I'm not, you know, I've never, I've never been a Democrat, but they were some sort of substance. They had that going for them. Now it's just radical, crazy, fantasy land, Twilight Zone ideologies. And uh, it's not benefiting the American worker. The only thing it's benefiting is second-class citizens. And you know what I find remarkable, and I'm sure you're seeing this, um, I'm just seeing in these Democrat areas that have gone Democrat in the past that – I'll give you an example. Places like New Jersey for the Trump rally a couple of weeks ago or like a month ago. But New Jersey's always really gone blue in the past. They sold 100,000 tickets. Well, they didn't sell them. They're free, it's free to get into the Trump rally. But they, they registered 100,000 tickets in a place like New Jersey. Look at other places, Michigan, Pennsylvania, these places that used to be Democrat and are now like, man, I'm on the Trump train. And look at the black support. And that's another thing that's remarkable. The last poll I saw, he had over 30% of the black support. Uh, You know, I I, I think it's going to be maybe a little higher than that. And I'm seeing, you know, his support with Hispanics, his support with women, uh, you know, just, just the independents. The independents are really loving him. We just have a lot, I think, to look forward to. I, I can't believe the black support. I mean, it's unreal, over 30%. And, you know, I think we got a lot of people like Kanye uh, and, and Mayweather to thank for that. And I think people like Mike Tyson, Dennis Rodman. There's a lot of high-profile people that support the president, and it speaks volume, and it carries weight, and it has a lot of merit because a lot of these people in these inner cities or, or that don't grow up so fortunate and are brainwashed by the Democratic Party look up to people like Tiger Woods, look up to people like Dennis Rodman, look up to people like Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? Yes, and I want to respond to both of what you said about black, but I also want to respond to what you said about the old-time Democrats. Tomorrow night on my radio show, I'm going to have a great guest. I was with him down at the Rock the Red uh, Conservative Convention in Greensville, South Carolina next month. His name is Trevor Luden. He's uh, one of the foremost uh, of experts 
on communism. He's from New Zealand. He was involved in uh, uh, a couple documentary movies that I was involved in. He also has a great documentary movie of his own called The Enemies Within. And this is what he had to say about the, dem- about the modern Democratic Party. He said, now the Marxists through the unions have completely taken over the higher reaches of the Democratic Party. You've got all these loyal Democrats out there, good patriotic people who still think they're voting for Harry Truman and JFK. Look, by the standards of today, do you think Harry Truman or JFK would have a chance in today's Democratic Party? Those guys today would probably be in the Tea Party. Yet their party is now run by communists, and all of these loyal Democrats all over the country are still voting on party lines and basically voting for Marxists and anti-Americans because they do not understand their party has been taken over. And that is one of the problems that we have had for the past two decades, that it was very, very hard to tell people and to explain to people that we were in the midst of a communist takeover. I was involved with a film producer named Curtis Bowers who put out two great DVDs about the attempted communist takeover, Agenda Grinding America Down and Agenda 2 Masters of Deceit. People didn't want to hear it. They said, yeah, they got a little bit of this and that going on, but they're really not communist. They're really not evil. They're really not trying to overthrow the country. So I say thank God for the likes of Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because they have ripped the masks off rip the mask off, and they're showing us who they are. And they're doing this because of President Donald Trump. People, take two fingers. Anybody that can hear within the sound of my voice, take two fingers, put them together. That's how close we came to losing this country. If Hillary Clinton had won this election, if she had gotten to put in her judges, if she had gotten to continue to build upon the eight years of Barack Obama, taking us into a global initiative, taking us into where the United Nations was making decisions for us, taking us into wars and making bad deals with China and Iraq, opening up the border, bringing illegal immigrants in and getting ready to give them voting rights. If she had gotten in, you would not recognize America today. Once President Donald J. Trump got into office, he started to unravel everything that Barack Obama had put into place. He can't be bought because he's not a politician. He didn't come up through the Washington Beltway through the system, so they can't control him. That's why the Republican establishment and all Democrats, the swamp, and all swamp creatures are rising up against him because he's dismantling the system. The Democrats realize we can't give this guy eight years. He will dismantle everything. So they've outkicked their coverage, which is the football term, ripped their masks off. They're showing us who they are. Therefore, we have a chance this time in this election because a lot of Democrats, as you said, Rory, are leaving. Here's the thing about black people. One of the things that has happened that I've watched over the course of the last three to four elections, you would have thought after 50 years of being on the Democratic plantation, you would say people would leave the plantation. The problem you know is the pro- no, here, 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 yeah, I Republicans would talk. Republicans would talk, but they never delivered. Donald Trump right. is delivering. And they're seeing people of all nationalities, women, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, black or white, male or female, you're seeing the fruits of the labor. He said it, he's delivering it, and I hope, I really hope that will come through on election night. But it's going to be rough because I'm telling you, the left is going to go after their own with a vengeance. Think about two things. If you leave a street gang or if you're a prostitute and you leave a pimp, they do not let you go without a fight. 
they're going to come after you. Right. And if black people or right. anybody wants to leave the Democratic plantation, their friends, their relatives, their coworkers, the people in these phony prophet black churches and other churches with these phony prophets that have nothing about pick up your cross and follow Jesus, that are bought into the social Marxism of social justice, they are going to fight to keep people on that plantation. So we have a battle at hand. That's why I do what I do. That's why I'm looking to strike out on, on, on a speaking tour to just get people involved and to understand this is a battle of subversion for the soul of our country. We can't lose this election. You can't take anything for granted. Exactly how the left did when Barack Obama ran. They got out. They got the foot soldiers out. They were knocking door to door, and they got people to make sure they got the job done. We need to do the same. Amen. Wow. Very well said. Very well said. And you're absolutely right. You know, when the Democrats have, you know, they, they have no incentive, they have no, you know, plan on helping the minority community. They, they take their vote and they say, we'll see you in four years. They need them on their plantation and they need them because it gives them power. It's part of the, it's a big part of who they are and their voting block. And, and and what you know look and look at everything they originated they originated slavery they originated plantations they originated all the the KKK and and what they're doing today is similar to keeping people on chains except obviously it's a little more subtle they're not they, I mean actually they are kind of are putting keeping people physically on chains and it, you know it's 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 just crazy and it's the same mentality it's the same uh you know definition of you know the, the 60s i mean these people have not changed one bit these people are still out of their minds and still all about power and don't give a, don't care anything about uh you know people of color like they they claim to and i'm just loving how trump's so pro policy he'll go both sides of the party aisle he'll help all these different great causes and these different you know beneficial legislations for these communities and you know it, it's it, it's really making a huge difference but uh I, I love talking to you, man. I, I really want to get bet you back soon, Gary, and uh, let's definitely chat it up more. But where can everybody find you, connect with you, all that good stuff? Okay. Uh, on Facebook, and thank you again, Rory, on Facebook, Nation Savers 2020 on Facebook. Click like and follow if you like what you see, and you'll get the post. Uh, that's the place to, where you can reach me. I also have a personal Facebook page, Gary Benford, on, face, uh, on the personal Facebook. You can send me a friend request. I, I'm close to 5,000, but if I, if I have a space, I'll, I'll gladly put a, a patriot on. I'm all about God, family, country, Constitution, and President Trump. And just to, one thing, like what you were saying, just to give you an idea of the type of things I do, uh, just showing people how to confront the left. For instance, uh, Joe Biden, yeah. or these people keep saying, well, you're, if you're for Trump, white supremacists support Trump. What you need to say, right. yeah, but why don't you have a problem that communists support the Democratic Party? See, there's always yeah. a way. Joe Biden, we're going to keep, we're going to put, they're going to put you all in chains. Yeah, right. It's the Democrats that put people in chains, and the people have to exactly. understand their power comes from, 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 from creating chaos when there is no chaos. They need to tell yeah. you the country is doing bad, so you'll vote for them to try and fix it. But Donald Trump is doing so well, they look like the right. blathering idiots they really are. We have to confront it's this. True. This is so simple, people. Bop them in the nose it's with the hot iron of truth. <laughs> and I'm telling you, they'll it's, run for the hills. It's so true. It's so true, Gary. I love talking to you. Let's make you a regular on the show. Let's get you on here on a weekly basis. 
Thank you. I'm, I'm humbled. I'm humbled, but anytime you want me, Rory. All righty. Sounds good, Gary. Let's talk soon. Thank you. All righty, man. Cheers. Okay. Um, I, you too. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe who's with, I believe he's with us right now. I want to make sure we have radio talk show host, Chad Canton. Chad, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the Rory Sodder Show. I'm doing fantastic, Rory. How are you doing, buddy? Doing very well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. First time on the show. It is first time on the show, and I appreciate you having me. Um, I'm just a dumb fireman that broke his neck and got pissed off at government, and here I am. I'm see, I'm short and sweet. That's how we do it in the south. I love it. I love it. You got you got your radio show and go, going right now. It seems to be doing pretty well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I have a show. Uh, we do. I do a radio show here in the Grand Strand here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, Ori County, and uh, I was blessed enough to be given a show on Saturdays where we kind of we kind of take everything that your your other two guests were talking about and the conservative values that are important, and we bring it to Main Street right here. And and, and our own president has said, "Drain your swamp," and we have we live right here in the swamp. It used to be called the impenetrable swamp, and we've made Myrtle Beach a, a destination for vacationers from around the country and the world. And you know what? It's getting a little out of hand because the old Dixie Democrats are still in charge, but they call themselves Republicans now, and we like to call it rhino hunting. And it just started this season uh, for 2020. Rhino hunting season just begun, and uh, we're trying to be at the lead of it and expose every one of them. Amen. Amen. Um, well, no, yeah, and then no, it's great. And, and tell tell everybody where, what part of the South you from. We are in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I forgot to say my radio station is ninety four point five. But we also have a live show, and that's where we started right in my garage with a with an iPhone, and we basically just got tired of it. We got tired of the of the Dixie Democrats with the R's after their name getting richer. And not doing anything for infrastructure. Me being a former firefighter, I'm big on public safety. I'm big, uh, big on the infrastructure that's important. And when they try to use a, a road like the Interstate I-73, which is a complete joke and boondoggle for about 15 families to make a bunch of money right here and put a, a, a road, which they say is going to be super important to get out for hurricanes, although we've had hurricanes for 100 years, and it seems like everybody gets out when they need to. But that road itself would be under six miles of water if it was Matthew or Hurricane Florence that we had before. So we started on the Internet. We started our show, I'm Fired Up, and we expose these things. But we do it on a basis to use it as a platform for philanthropy. We try to get involved in the community as much as possible. We try to help as many people as possible through that philanthropy, but at the same time actually putting – those elected officials' feet to the fire. And there's nobody, and, and trust me, the Dixie Democrats down here, they don't play games. They do not play games. They've come at us in every which way possible. We had letters go out to try to get all of our advertisers to leave our radio show. Um, but the people of Reed know better. They are waking up and they're realizing it, that we need to get involved. And that's our tagline. Show up, stand up, speak up. It's your public. Fight for it. Amen. Amen, buddy. Amen. And how do people uh, watch your, listen to your show? How do people get involved? Um, the great thing is, is uh, 
the the interweb um, is a is a is a wonderful place. Dang it, and we can reach a lot of people. That's how I found uh, you. Found me. I found you. Whatever. And um, you can go to Facebook. Uh, I'm fired up. And if you and then we also have our radio show that can be heard anywhere in the in the nation. You go to talk945.com. And uh, I'm actually covering the morning show, so you're keeping me up late here, Rory. And uh, I, I'm kind of an old man. I don't know. I'm 44, so whatever. <laughs> well, let's let's get you on here more often. You know, I, I want to. I definitely want to talk to you Absolutely. more often. Let, let's make the, let's make things happen. Um, but I do that, dude. I love it. I, I love everything you're doing. Uh, I want to ask you a lot more about the South, a lot more things about policy. Uh, I do need to move on to a few more people. I'm just trying to get to everybody tonight. But let's let's try to get you back next week. You got my number, buddy. You know I'll be there, and uh, I want to appreciate. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to get out here, and uh, t- we call. You got the deplorables. You've got the everybody's got their uh, the goats um, locally. Our morning show, they call themselves the greatest of all time, and those are the people that support our president Donald J. Trump, and will stand there and fight with him regardless. Because just like your other uh, uh, the gentleman you had on prior, we are in a fight. And it's one way or another. We are actually trying to bring the sanctuary ordinance to Ori here and be the first one in South Carolina. And uh, our good councilmen are, are, well, we got a couple rhinos up there that I think are going to try to play some games. But we're going to give them a run, I promise you. And that's what we do. We we call ourselves the Thug Army. And the Thug Army is something that we're proud of. It's our generation, Gen X, coming up and actually trying to break through that, uh, that divide of the the age barrier, you know, the boomers have had it. I love it. Gen X is coming up and we call ourselves the thug army and we're going to get it in front of every politician and keep them to the constitution of the bill of rights. So help me God. <laughs> Amen, brother. Well, I love it, man. I love it. We'll talk to you soon though. I'll, I'll give you i I'll, I'll get you set up for next week. Sounds good, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, let's welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have, I believe we have 2020 presidential presidential candidate. He's running in Texas, Mr. Dan. No ta- taxation is theft, right? Is that your motto? That's my middle name. Yes. I love it. I love it. And you're running for president in 2020. Absolutely. I'm. Uh, I'm actually. I so I grew up in Los Angeles. I identify as a Texan, and I'm running for president of the United States. From Mexico. What? Figure that one Say out. Say it again. <laughs> I'm running my, my 2020 presidential campaign from Mexico. Jesus Christ. So let me get this straight. So are, you're running as a libertarian. Wow. You're running as a libertarian. I left you speechless though, right? right out of the gate. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm running are with you, the running libertarians. A, okay. So, so tell me this. So you're originally – tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from Texas. Tell, give us some backstory. So I grew up in Los Angeles. I was kind of, you know, siding with the Democrats just because that was the thing, you know, we did out here. I was, you know, I saw the endless wars we were getting into in the early 2000s, and I thought Obama was going to be the anti-war guy. So that was that was the first time I voted, my first introduction to politics. And of course, I quickly got stabbed in the back. So I started uh, following Ron Paul after that, um, started following the Republicans because of him. And then, of course, I saw what they did to him to rig him out of the election. Um, and I figured that party wasn't really for me either. So uh, then I ended up a libertarian. That was uh, I hear what's you. left. <laughs> so what, what, what do you, 
what what are your biggest what are your biggest things that you want in terms of you know just in terms of your of your policies like what, what what's what's some of the things that you really want to put right. forth that you think yeah so so there's a lot of issues on the table and you know Democrats and Republicans both want you know a couple of really big things and what's interesting is that you can actually solve everyone's problem by getting rid of taxes. Um, so, you know, we have, uh, you know, I heard some of your earlier guests were talking about, you know, the, the, uh, the socialism and the communism that's coming in with health care. And, you know, they're really pushing. We need we need this. It's the only way you're going to be able to get health care. But the interesting thing is, if you get rid of a lot of these taxes and regulations that are already on the health care system, the cost of health care will go down so low that anybody working minimum wage will be able to afford all the health care they need without even having to pay for insurance. In fact, for the for less than the cost of it that they're paying for insurance now, including care for whatever is being out of their paycheck. Um, so tax, I know I sound like a broken record when everybody asks me, what's your biggest issue? It's taxes. Taxes are what are you know, they're taxing people into poverty, which is, of course, how they're able to get so many of these Democrats to want to say, hey, we need to steal from the rich because they have all this stuff and somehow we're still stuck here dirt poor. No, you're dirt poor because they keep stealing from you. They're stealing from you just to, just to live, just to exist. Um, we're paying so much in property tax. The, the poorest people are the ones getting hit by the taxes the hardest, and that is what creates that divide where you have – the middle class fighting the lower classes, and you know, meanwhile, everyone in Congress, everyone in in the Senate, um, are you know basically robbing all of us blind. It's insane. Here's here's an interesting fact: there is 3.5 trillion dollars of U.S. currency in circulation. 3.5 trillion dollars every year. The governments in the United States will extract from us 7.5 trillion dollars. That's more than two times the amount of printed money that they're extracting from us every single year. And it's not going to stop until we start to wake up and see, hey, these taxes that they're taking from us, they're not building roads. They're not keeping us safe. They're, they're not making our lives any better. They're stealing from us. And I, and I see, I, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. On, I see where you're coming from on, on, on certain issues, you know, different, different variables. And I absolutely agree with you on, on the, uh, statement you just made in regards to a lot of our taxpayer dollars are being wasted and they're not going where they should be going. You know, it's, they're going into a wide variety of different places, uh, corrupt politicians' pockets. You know, we got all these back-end deals. You got all these dirty corporations. There's a lot of things that uh, are, are definitely, uh, you know, not being told to us or, or not, they're not being transparent enough or not. Obviously, I mean, they've been lying to us for Many, many years. And I, and I see the economic corruption that, that has gone on with our government, with legislation. And, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. And, you know, the, the economy at, at this point, I mean, it, it, it's pretty damn good right now. We've got a lot of deregulations. Uh, I think there, you know, it is, I, you know, in terms of the Democratic Party, I, I just don't see them having anything sufficient or, or logic when it comes to you know, they're the ones that are the worst with the taxes. They're the ones that are the – right. I, I get we have rhinos. I get we have well, rhinos. He, and I get we – you know, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, here's, a, here's an interesting side to that is, you know, because we always talk about the, the, the Republicans always come in and cut taxes, and the, then the Democrats always come in and, and raise them. But the interesting thing is when the Republicans are in cutting taxes, they're not cutting the spending. So really all they're doing is instead of taking it from us now, they're putting it on the credit card. 
card, the Democrats come in, they just start paying down the credit card. And so, it, it, like, you know, for, for anyone to say that, that the Democrats are worse on taxes, it really doesn't make much difference because at the end of the day, it's the spending that's the tax. It's that debt that's, that's held over our heads right. as you have to pay more taxes because we have to pay off this debt or we're not going to be able to make Social Security payments or you know, we're going we're gonna to have to um, you know, shut down the government again. Those are all the threats that they're giving us if we don't pay our taxes, and, and that's just that's the carrot that they're always holding in front of us. So if we really want to fix this problem, we need to stop the spending. And what's interesting is one of, yeah. one of the things – one of the solutions I have for that is with this $24 trillion debt, which you – know, go back to the – there's only $3.5 trillion of printed U.S. currency to pay that off with. It's not going to happen there's about $16 trillion worth of known gold in the entire world. That won't even pay yeah. off. Um, well, let when me, you have I, this debt. I do, want, yeah, I do want to say this, though. I, I agree with you. The deficit is an issue right now. But, I mean, in terms of the economy, it, it really, they really are some of the best numbers we've ever seen, if not the best, in terms of lowest black unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, lowest female unemployment, highest stock market. Uh, record number GDP, uh, but the deficit, that is something that is bothering me as a, phys- as a physical conservative, you know, because I care about the economy, and, and I think that's something that Trump has really taken action on. Uh, there has been a, a decrease. I think there was an article that came out about, about a month ago where I think he's lowered it, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, more than usual. Well, I, I forget the number at this point, but it is going down a little bit, but I agree we could have, you know, there, there could be other, but it's a lot of the politicians in there I blame too for this. I mean, a lot of these people in the Senate and Congress, they're, they're just oblivious and they don't care. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's not their money. They're never going to have to pay it back. Um, they're going to get their, their you know, $200,000 a year pensions for life and their, and their book deal and everything else. So, you know, you, you talked about something really important here, and it's, it's a, in my opinion, a complete misdirection. Um, when they talk about the economy doing good, the, the economy doing good. Um, when, you know, what factors do we use to measure that? And we look at things like the stock market and, and, and things like that. Well, if you print a bunch of money and you inflate the currency, which is, which is bad for everybody, the stock market goes up, and that's kind of an illusion. But even more importantly, the one you touched on is unemployment. And I, I want to talk about this. I know this is a very radical idea. but Dan, Dan, I do, Dan, I do got it. I will have you back. I promise. I got to get to the next guest. So I got 10 minutes left in the show. How do people get involved with you? In touch with Absolutely. Go to Berman, go to Berman2020.com, B-E-H-R-M-A-N2020.com, and I've got links to all my social media there. You can contact me, donate, sign up to be a volunteer, and get in touch with me there, and there's a lot more information about the campaign. Well, let's get you on in the next week or two, Is that if that works for you. Absolutely. I definitely would love to talk to you. All righty. That sounds, sounds great. All right. Thanks for having you. me on. You too. All right. God bless. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe she's with us. Uh, we have the founder of the 917 Society, Joni Bryan. Joni, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Rory. How are you? Doing very well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm the founder and executive director for the 917 Society. And of course, 917 stands for a very important day, which is Constitution Day. So that's what we're all about is celebrating Constitution Day in our schools. And so we focus on the eighth grade, 
And this past year, we delivered 90,000 pocket constitutions to our youth across Tennessee in the eighth grade. So we had a fabulous year, and we're moving forward this year, and we're covering not only Tennessee, but we're expanding into Kentucky and to North Dakota. So our goal is to become a national nonprofit where we put the Constitution into the hands of our youth because that is the future. Oh, and absolutely. What? It's something we have oh, I love to do great success because what we're finding is by placing the Constitution in our young people's hands, we're creating a sense of ownership to the document. And, of course, it's very personal for me because I started this project because I had never read my Constitution, and I had someone ask me that question one day. And I realized, you know, I never had read the whole thing, and so that started me on this quest to find out why. Why had I not read it? And as I started asking others, I was getting the same answer. And 99 out of 100 of our citizens have never read the Constitution. And so that is my mission, and that is our goal at the 917 Society, to get our young people excited about the Constitution, what it means to be a citizen. It's our guidebook, and uh, we just want to make sure that our young people have that opportunity. Because in their textbooks, they do not have the entire Constitution. And even though we're in this big digital age, to where you know everybody says, oh, you know, have an app or have it on the phone. What we have learned is by placing the actual document in our young people's hands and creating a special moment for them where they realize they're a citizen, because the last page of our Constitution we give them has the citizenship oath, which is very important. I never took an oath, so I take sometimes for granted what I have here. But when you ask someone who came to this country and became a citizen, when they took that oath to be a citizen, what a special, important moment it was. And I've got to view some of the citizenship ceremonies, and it is just so moving. And we want to create that for our young people, a moment where they realize that they're a citizen. So that's part of our project and part of what we do with this free program for our teachers, and we're real excited about it. And the teachers are loving it. They're just absolutely loving it, and uh, we're having great success with it. Amazing, amazing. And learning, you know, with, with how badly our education system has gone and how, you know, corrupt it is and how backwards it is, this learning about these values and these signature traditions and, and what Western civilization at, at that age, it, it's so, so pivotal. And I, I want to do a whole segment here uh, in the next, like, week or so, a couple of weeks. I, I do want to get you back. I'm so sorry. I've been trying to move to everybody on the panel. Can you tell everybody where they can connect, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff? Great. Well, we are a 501c3. We are we take donations, and the money goes toward printing and distributing constitutions to the kids and free resources, constitution resources that we place on our website so teachers can have lesson plans and all kinds of great things. Uh, so you go to 917society.org. And you can donate online. You can reach out to any of us. We have uh, all of our board and people listed. And you can see the people involved, and you can get involved. And we need people to help deliver constitutions. So, yeah, we would love to, love to talk to folks. Perfect. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon, Joni. I'm going to get you back. Uh, let's go. Josh, I want to give you about a minute or two. Uh, I want you to promote your stuff, tell everybody where they can donate to you. I, I wanted to get you on earlier, but I know you were running a little late. I, I understand you've been out handing out uh, and getting signatures. Yeah, no problem, Rory. I was out, yeah, getting signatures and 
we got caught up a little late, but you can uh, get a hold of me at barnettforaz.com, uh, Barnett for AZ on Twitter and Instagram, and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. And, um, you know, the one thing tonight, you know, as I was getting signatures, again, I ran into a few Democrats that are going to be voting Republican, whether they switch the party or not. They told me they'll be voting Republican. Um, yeah. I had a whole Democrat household, there's five people in it, that say that the Democrat Party does not stand for their values any longer. And, um, you know, and, and I've been hearing this a lot. Like like I tell you, pretty much every time I get on with you, you know, I'm hearing this more and more. They they know they're not voting for the JFK Democrat Party anymore. They understand right. that it's um, been hijacked by crazy left socialists. And, um, yeah. you know, it's um, it's every time I go out, I hear a very similar message. And, um, you, know, right. you know, like me, I always play like we're behind no matter what. So we're out hustling right. every no, night no. and get, getting these it. signatures and talking to people. So. It's, am- but, um, it's amazing, I, and I'm, I, I just, I'm rooting for you. We yeah. need you in. We need no, you in there, man. We need you in there. No, I appreciate. It. I appreciate you getting me on here. And I, I want to say one thing about. I think I, I do got to go, man. I got about one minute. I got about okay. one minute. I, I really got to go. The, the timer's ticking. I, no problem, I have to close out in thirty seconds. No problem, brother. Thank you for having me on again. Okay, have a good night. All right, I'll talk. I'll talk to you soon. God bless, uh, Sam. Two seconds. Tell everybody where they can find you. They can reach me at inhimfirst.com, inhimfirst.com, and Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. Perfect. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. All right. Take care. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. I, I love you all. Have a great weekend. Catch me Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern on KFNX AM Radio. Also, I'll be back here next Tuesday. 9 p.m. Eastern, I'm Rory Sodder, mega, mega, mega. Much love, everybody. God bless. Cheers.